Warning, the following podcast may contain views and opinions that could be deemed as offensive. You may also hear explicit language, jokes in poor taste, and overall crude humor. Listener discretion is advised. What we've got here is failure to communicate. to Hanging with D's. This is episode number six, and Hunter is not with me today. Instead, he is uh, being replaced or, I guess, filled in by Dylan, who you met a few shows ago. Dylan, go ahead and say hello to the folks. It's a hell of an upgrade, isn't it? Well, I mean, <laughs> opinions vary. Right. Uh, so anyway, we got some, uh, some interesting stuff for you today. We are going to cover... The latest in the NFL news and what they're doing as far as COVID goes. Uh, we got a couple retirements that are some pretty big names. Uh, we're going to talk about what the uh, team from Washington has done. I think Pat McAfee has been referring to them as the Washington football team named TBD. <laughs> <laughs> Rolls right off the tongue. Yeah, yeah, that's a <laughs> mouthful. Um, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about what happened uh, with the the Giants and MLB, I don't want to get too much into it, just because our baseball it, guy isn't here. Well, not only that, but it just it becomes so politicized. Uh, that, oh, right, right. Um, and then we got uh, a little NBA snippet to talk about, and then we're probably going to go into our rant, and it will be a rant, I assure you, on the Madden NFL football video game ratings that have dropped this past week, and we've got several bones to pick with that whole deal. So I'm um, going to go ahead and kick it all off with the NFL news that we have. First off, the uh, the league has um, basically submitted as part of the proposal to the NFLPA that they will eliminate preseason games. They Now, they, they haven't agreed on this yet, but that was one of the things that the NFLPA wanted, and the NFL now is saying that they will agree to that. They still have a lot of things to work out, but that's a step in the right direction. What are your thoughts on no preseason? I will not miss it. I really won't. Uh, it feels like every year, I think the first week, well, first two weeks, I might get excited, and then I remember how much preseason football sucks. Like, I think I saw on NFL memes, they made this analogy once that uh, preseason football is like getting a hand job from a supermodel when you haven't been laid in a long time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's actually yeah. a pretty, pretty fair analogy. Right. And I tend to agree with that. I mean, we talked about it early, um, I think, in the, either the first or second episode. Uh, the, there's really only two NFL preseason games that are worth watching as a fan. And, and that's basically two and three yeah. that that's when you start to see um, the, the players play for a little bit longer, three more than anything. Cause then you, you typically get to see the starters for a half, possibly up to three quarters. 
and you kind of get to see the the team as it is going to look every Sunday. Uh, I think the biggest impact, and again, we briefly spoke on this, is is going to be those guys on the bubble. Yeah, uh, definitely. I mean, because they don't they don't get a lot of reps in practice, just because you got to get your starters in shape. Exactly. Yeah, and I think Brady has been talked about this a lot, and Peyton Manning as well as their rep hogs, which I totally get. That's what makes them great. You know, practice makes perfect, and they really want to get that work in, but. Yeah, these other guys that are undrafted, late-round draft picks, that they don't get as much time in camp. And, yeah, so it is definitely huge for them, which is a shame. But as far as us, the fan, it's not that big of a loss, personally. Yeah, I mean, like you said, those guys that are late-rounders or the undrafted, those first and fourth preseason games are where they make the team. It's how they are... Because, look, I, I played football um, in high school, and there are just people, guys, athletes, that are gamers. They, they For some reason, they just they, they don't flip the switch for practice. Yeah. And, makes... and when you are, like you said, you have limited reps anyway, you can't really show what you can do. You, you, you're not out there, and you're not getting – acclimated to the game speed and able to make adjustments on the fly to play your best game. And you just, you don't get that in practice, especially, you know, in, in training camp, because you're probably coming into the team as like third, fourth, fifth string. So you're not getting a lot of reps. Of course you're going to get on scout team, but you're the scout team. You're, you're limited by what you can do by what the coaches tell you that you're going to do. So you don't really get to shine. You might be, um, you know, like a, let's just say you're a cornerback and you might be one of those lockdown man coverage guys. And maybe you're not quite where you need to be playing a zone, but the scout team, they play a zone defense because that's who they're playing that particular week or whatever. So you don't really get to shine. And in those preseason games, uh, let's be honest, coaches don't really care a whole lot about those guys for the simple fact that they'd rather if somebody's going to be out there getting banged up and getting hurt they want it to be that undrafted dude out of you know northeast texas state right but that is his time to shine you know time and time again we have seen guys shine in the preseason that nobody had ever really heard of and they end up making an nfl roster and you know go on to to be a starter in the league i mean Terrell Davis is the biggest person that stands out for me. Right. I mean, well, that dude made one tackle on a kickoff, and then everyone kind of stepped back for a second, like, whoa, this guy's pretty tough. And then he started getting more reps in the last preseason game and was a day one starter. He went from being on the bubble, probably not going to make the team, to week one in the regular season, he's the starting running back. Right. Well, yeah. and, and James Conner really, I mean, he wasn't a, a low round pick. But, yeah, he was like a third round. But he shined in preseason. Um, Tom Brady was a sixth round pick yeah, and didn't get a lot of time, but he shined in preseason to the point where he earned the backup job. And then drew, uh, Bledsoe got his spleen destroyed right. and lo and behold, Tom Brady comes in and well, we know how that story is, right. has gone to play. Um, but yeah, you, you're going to miss out on those guys because they're, they they do not have a chance to make a name for themselves. And not only that, but let, you know, once we get past the preseason training camp and all that stuff, 
you got a guy that goes down, uh, who are you going to call? You know, you don't have any game film on these these guys. So this literally, if they don't come out in training camp and just set the world on fire, this is it, it's probably the end for them. Right. You know, maybe not. Maybe th- those guys will get another shot next year. That um, I'd like to think that coaches might keep that into consideration that if a guy, you know, does okay in camp, but you just don't have the time to see what he can really do that, that maybe he would be invited back next season. Maybe when the world hasn't lost their goddamn minds. So it'll be interesting to see though that, and and I also think what that's going to lead to come week one, week two of the NFL season. I think we're going to see some pretty sloppy football. Oh Yeah. Yeah, it's going to look pretty rough week one. I, You know, because even these guys that have been in the league for years, I mean, you would think, yeah, that you know, they know what they're doing. But you still, you, you got to get into the game to get your mind there, to, you know, get game speed, game ready, stamina. You can do all the strength and conditioning in the world, but until you're in there banging on somebody for, you know, let's just say 30 minutes because you don't play the full 60, but... You know, those bumps and bruises, those first set of bumps and bruises hurt a hell of a lot more because you haven't been getting hit. Mm. And and that especially applies to quarterbacks, you know, because in in the preseason, quarterbacks, will, they'll, they'll get hit a little bit. But in training camp, they don't. They no, don't get not touched. At all. So literally the first time that these starting quarterbacks are going to get touched is going to be week one, you know, live action football when they haven't had any contact for the, the entirety of preseason slash training camp. And all of a sudden now they're, they're in there for the full, however many snaps it takes and, and it's live football and here you go, get ready. Cause you're going to get hit. I think the position it's probably going to hurt worse is actually running back because it seems like every year when there's some star running back that holds out and he misses the first couple ga- games, misses he, camp. They always come play like slow. shit. Yeah, yeah, they, they the just first don't three, have weeks. that timing, that game speed. Uh, I, I agree with you because as a running back, you know, you constantly are making decisions on the fly, making cuts and things like that. And, I mean, we, we've seen it time and time again. And Le'Veon Bell is a good example. When he held out, um, it was took him a couple games before he was there and you know that's just one example but it's it's happened many 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 times um and then uh going forward uh, good news for the nfl they are they have agreed on testing i believe they're going to test every day um i i still think they're going to face more of a challenge for the simple fact of there's so many players and coaches that that are required to operate an nfl franchise and they'll also be traveling and MLB is going to basically be up against the same situation, but they don't have as much personnel as an NFL team requires, but they, they, they have come to, I, I think some kind of agreement on the frequency of the testing. So that's a good thing. They still have some things to work out like opt out clauses and, and how players are going to be compensated. But um, there's a lot of uh, optimism that they're going to get this worked out and they got to hurry because um, hell, the, the Chiefs and Texans, yeah, uh, their rookies are are supposed to be at camp right now, getting ready because they're that Thursday night game, and you know, so and training camp officially opens a week from today on the twenty eighth, so they got to sit down and they got to hammer this out. 
and, and get it football ready, and, and we'll go from there. Um, Should they have done a bubble like the NBA did? NHL's kind how, of doing How? Yeah. I mean, we, we, so we talked about people. this before. Yeah, with so many people, where the hell are you going to put them? Because, you know, NFL, an NFL, an NBA team, for example, usually carries uh, 10, 13 guys, mm-hmm. you know, and then you have three or four coaches, trainers, things like that. So maybe Vegas, because they have so many hotel rooms, but but that's not quite a bubble then because you're where still... Where are you going to play? What do you mean, where are they going to play? Where are they going to play? They just got a brand new stadium. Who? Vegas. Okay, that's one stadium. Yeah. How many NFL teams that's are there? That's a very good point, yeah. yeah. See, uh, yeah, people... You, the, yeah, it, you couldn't do that. The NBA, they've got that either, giant so. complex down there in Orlando at Disney World. And an NBA basketball court is way smaller right, yeah. than a, a hundred and well, hundred and twenty by what is it, sixty yard football field or fifty whatever, fifty five. That's a big field, right? And if you're gonna split them up like that, yeah, there's there's nowhere you could do. Yeah, it. that's true. I didn't even think about that. And Vegas is the worst possible place that. Yeah, you that's could a good point. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what their status is right now as far as being open for business, but yeah. Ain't no and no team owner is gonna want to be like, yeah, let's just take all you know, thousand whatever it is players to to lose blow and hookers, yeah. yeah. So maybe yeah, cocaine cures work. corona. This is one way to find out. <laughs> we might get into that later. <laughs> um. So yeah, the, there's not gonna be any kind of bubble situation. Yeah, they're just gonna have to um, adjust accordingly and make the best of it. But again, they need to sit down and figure out how they're going to work all this stuff out, especially with possible opt-out clauses and stipend payments for if they miss time. And uh, I talked about with Hunter the other day about how they, the non-football injury classification is, is a big deal to them because they want that, you know, worded exactly right. Cause technically an illness like that is classified as a non-football injury situation and teams have a right to not pay a player. Now, if you're a player and you catch it because the player that you went up against that Sunday had it, that's a football injury to me, and you should get paid yeah, regardless. Yeah, definitely. So, um, and the NFLPA, and rightfully so, want to make sure that those guys, you know, their their asses are covered in case something like this were to happen. Um, further NFL news, um, the Washington football team, like I said, uh, you know, this strikes me as a a bit of pandering. I don't want to take anything away from uh, this person and her abilities and, and qualifications. But the, the Washington football team has hired Julie Donaldson to oversee all of its broadcasts as the senior vice president of media. And she then subsequently becomes the team's highest-ranking female executive. And they just announced that um, this morning. She'll be part of their radio team, but she won't be doing the play-by-play. Um, that's basically her first job is to find a guy to – or I'm sorry, to find someone. Um, I forgot it's 2020. Uh, to re- replace Larry Michael, who retired last week. And, of course, it didn't take long to find out why. His name was very prominent in the report that came out about the sexual harassment allegations. Um, but for Washington to to hire a woman in this high executive position just seems a little, 
I won't say fishy, but the timing of it is definitely questionable. It's almost like they're trying to get good PR, which they yeah. could really use right now. Well, to be honest. yeah, I get that, but. And again, the timing of it just makes it look a little weird. It's almost like saying, hey, look at us. We're okay now because we hired a woman to to do all this. So that's yeah. probably why. But at the same time, it's not, not a terrible move to, after this situation, yeah, get more women in I, I higher totally positions. I agree so. with that. Again, and I, I'm not trying to take anything away from Julie Donaldson. I, I'm sure she's going to do a fabulous job there. She's got a, a pretty long career um, in television and, and broadcasting uh, at Oddly enough, here, here's what I find it kind of amusing is that she's coming into this organization who is now dealing with all these allegations, and she's a Miss Florida USA pageant queen. And, and I mean, you Google her. She's, she's a looker, Qualified. you know? <laughs> like, like you said earlier to me uh, off the air, it's a good thing they hired her now and not, you know, two months ago because she might not be there anymore if the... The, the organization was as bad as that report makes it out to be. So it'll be interesting to see how it plays out and, and how the, the rest of these reports come out if there's any more that uh, needs to be dug up. And I still have a feeling like we haven't heard the last of it. I would agree with that. Yeah. More women will probably come forward. And well, I guess there's only one woman who's sort of um, put her name on the reports, but there's 14 other that, you know, right. might be anonymous, which I could totally understand yeah and i again i think more of that's going to come out and we're probably going to get more details as far as to what kind of things went on Um, i don't even think i mentioned the part where one of those team execs actually was selling uh time or tickets or however you want to put it to a photo shoot of the the cheerleaders that they had and they're posing nude right yeah they're topless um i think it was in mexico or some some other tropical know, location, tropical location in the Caribbean, or maybe it was in Mexico. But yeah, basically he was selling, auctioning off these spots for people to come and watch this photo shoot. Uh, if that doesn't scream creepy as fuck, I don't know what does. Yeah, no kidding. So um, moving on to uh, the, the last couple of bits of NFL news that we have. Michael Bennett, a longtime defensive player. He's played on several teams. Most recently he was uh, with New England. And then traded to. Do you remember who he got traded to? Because mm, I don't. No, he was in Dallas before New England, right? Yeah, he was in yeah. Dallas. Um, believe he played for. Won a Super Bowl of Seattle. Yeah, Seattle. He played there. I had the whole thing up, and now I can't find it. Oh, the Bucks, uh, the Eagles. He played for Cowboys. That's it. Oh, he, was, okay. he was traded from the Patriots to the Cowboys last year. Um, in exchange for what eventually became a sixth-round pick in, I believe, next year's draft. He finished the season with six and a half sacks, 32 tackles. Anyway, uh, he's decided to hang it up, call it a career, and basically what he says he's going to do now is um, kind of watch the, the, the wife and kids have their life, and he's also going to be a, a voice in the, the fight against social injustice, which he has been. Um, since all of this started, he's been one of those prominent guys. Uh, so that's what he's going to do. And then the other big name that we had that retired again was Antonio Brown. <laughs> he, he says that, you know, it's time for him to hang it up. It's not worth it anymore. And there's he's done it all in the NFL. And there's nothing more for him to prove. Well, 
A, no, you haven't because you, you never won a title. Right. You know, so I don't know. I think this is more of the fact that teams aren't showing the kind of interest that he wants. Yeah, this is exactly like uh, like if like a girl goes to break up with a guy and the guy goes, no, I break up with you or you're not, fi- I'm not fired. I quit like that kind of situation. It's yeah. This I, isn't really totally your choice, agree. dude. <laughs> yeah. I, and I honestly, I believe that that's what it basically boils down to is I think he still wants that ridiculous 10 to $15 million a year money and teams aren't willing to, to pay that. And I wouldn't either. No way. I mean, the talent is there, but man, you want to talk about, off the field issues at, at this point, I think I would probably take Josh Gordon before I would go with Antonio Brown simply for the fact, like you don't know which Antonio Brown's going to show up. Exactly. At least Gordon, you know, he smokes weed. Okay. Which it's ridiculous that he, his career has basically been tanked because of that on both sides. A, it shouldn't be that big a deal anyway. B, Get if off the weed. Get, yeah, if you're making that much money, just stop smoking weed, you know? I mean, or or quit like Ricky uh, Williams did. He just said, hell with it. I'd rather smoke weed. I'm not going to play. <laughs> Josh Gordon just keeps going to rehab and saying I'm good, and then next thing you know, he's not. But Antonio Brown, I mean, w- hell, last year, the most entertaining Twitter handle in the world was oh, Antonio absolutely. Brown because every other day it was I apologize and then the next day we'd have another blow fuck up. all you people yeah yeah and he had the issue with the cops and uh, reported as Bentley stolen and now I'm pretty sure I read somewhere that he's back with that woman that he was throwing I don't even remember what the hell he was throwing at her that was something ridiculous I know yeah I think oh candy dicks oh that's like, right yeah, they were yes. like candy dicks. Gummy he bear dicks. Gum, yeah. Gummy dicks. That's it. A big, it was like a five pound bag of them that <laughs> he just kept throwing at her. And they had the cops there. And um, yeah, he is, I'll give him credit. He's been fairly quiet for the last several months through all of this, especially through the COVID stuff. And there were rumors that Seattle might be interested. And uh, then there was a rumor that he was going to go to Tampa Bay. Uh, Bruce Arians, though, he shot that shit down quick. But, um, which I don't know how happy that made Tom Brady, but I mean, could you imagine though if if let's just say Antonio Antonio could not be batshit crazy and he goes to Tampa, he's already got uh, Brady and Gronk, and then um, Mike, Mike Evans, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, yeah, that talk about a ridiculous offense that would be wow. So as a fan of of not Tom Brady, I'm, I'm glad to see that Antonio's not going there at least for now. I mean. Look, he says he's retired, but let's wait and see. Week three, week four, some big names start to go down or whatever. Right. Look, money talks, and if somebody says, look, here's, you know, meet me halfway, I I don't think we've seen the last of Antonio Brown. I really don't. And I also don't think that he's going to be perfectly sane for the rest of what's left of his career either. I just don't see it. He's he's a diva. He's... to me, he's obviously bipolar or, or some borderline personality disorder, something like that. Yeah, yeah, he's got some kind of underlying mental health issue that you know he needs to get under control. And if you've watched, there's been several people that have come out since all this drama started saying that it, that he's just not a good person, that it, he needs help and he won't get it. And I don't think that's going to change anytime soon. So we'll see how that goes. Um, 
So that's going to wrap it up on the NFL news that we have for now. Uh, I just wanted to briefly touch on the MLB thing just because it was a story on ESPN. Uh, the Giants manager, Gabe Kaplan, and some of their players uh, took a knee during the national anthem. And they did it in the most tongue-in-cheek, uh, respectful way possible. They still had their cap off. They still had their hands over their heart, still looking up the flag, but they, they took a knee. And I guess if you're going to do it, that's the way to do it, in my opinion. I wish the media would just stop covering it the way that they do because I, I still feel that years ago when, when Colin Kaepernick started this whole thing, if the media wouldn't have covered it, the way that they did, it would have never blown up to be what it was. And then not only that, but before all that started going on, how many times do you remember watching the national anthem before a football game? Maybe before like a playoff game, if they had like oh, Christine yeah. Aguilera or some Playoffs pop or, singer or, or Super Bowl right. was pretty much the only time you ever saw the national anthem. And then when the whole thing broke with, with Kaepernick taking a knee, then it became must-watch television. South, South Park. Park even did the episode where the the gymnasium was packed for girls' volleyball, and they wanted to see who was going to take a knee, and they were placing bets on it, and they had commentators. And then when the girls <laughs> did what they were going to do and they were getting ready to start the game, the stadium emptied. Like, that was the only thing they were there to see was who was going to take a knee and who wasn't. And that was, like I said, the media made it out to be a bigger deal. And, and now we're, we're where we're at today. Um, but yeah, I don't, like I said, I, I get it. I, I don't really agree with how it started, but at, we're at the point now where look, just it's going to happen. If, if you don't like it, then that's fine. Don't watch, but it is going to happen. And I'm done having these arguments over. It's disrespectful to the flag and the veterans because it's, They've come out a thousand times and said that that is not their intent, but that's, that is their stage. That is what they do, you know, to get attention, to bring, you know, eyes on what they are fighting for. And until somebody comes out and say, no, do something different. This is what they're going to do. And, and just, we've got to swallow it and either like it or don't, you can turn the channel, but. You know, I, ratings have shown, yeah, the ratings dipped a little bit, but the bottom line is, you know, people, you're not really hurting the NFL or MLB. You're not hurting their pocketbooks all that much because when it comes down to it, we still love sports. You know, maybe you don't watch the first five minutes of the game or whatever, but, you know, and there are those hardcore people out there that have given up on sports, and but by and large, for the most part, isn't really affecting the bottom line nearly as much as some of these diehard anti-kneelers are, are thinking that it's going to. But that's all I wanted to say about that. Like I said, we don't want to get too uh, political with it. Um, and then uh, lastly in our sports section here, we got the NBA, and they are happy to report that 346, all 346 players inside the bubble have tested negative for COVID for, uh, I don't know how long a time, but they're all negative. Everybody's clean. Yeah. Great news for them. Great right. news for the NHL as well, which they're not 
not quite doing a bubble. I mean, I guess they're doing hub cities, but yeah, it's a similar situation, but yeah, they, they do. Um, but yeah, it looks like they are going to be able to move forward at this point. As long as nobody violates the bubble, I can't imagine anything that would, would, you know, if a breakout, um, or an outbreak, I'm sorry, happens now, how the hell did it happen? And yeah. Dwight Howard, uh, brought up an in- interesting point saying that so all these guys pass these tests and they're sanitizing cleaning a couple times a day they're tested on a daily basis why are they still being forced to wear masks inside there and i i get it i mean if everybody's supposed to be clean and it's a as sterile an environment as they can possibly make there why why would they have to wear a mask i'm not really sure are the workers uh, are they going home or are they staying there too that I'm not clear of. I don't think they really get all that much contact with. Well, yeah, the I guess that's true because they just drop off their food, leave, and yeah, all I, of that. I so. think they are minimizing contact with everybody outside of their organization, and then subsequently the the teams that they're going to be playing against here real soon. So uh, it's a good sign. Like you know, everybody's clean. So there's really, it would take some extreme circumstances, I think, to shut that down now. So hopefully the MLB, NHL, and NFL can follow suit and and make it as safe a working environment as humanly possible. Um, and we get our sports back here real, real soon. Yeah. Like I said, baseball starting off uh, Thursday slash Friday. And I've never in my life been more excited for baseball start <laughs> You know, typically the beginning, like I, here's where I sit with baseball. I'll watch like the opening week or so just to kind of see. And then I, you know, if it's on, I'll watch it, but I'm not going to sit down and watch every game until it comes playoff time. Or if it's a really tight race near the end, Uh, because it happens in the summer and you know, we, we do shit. I'll probably watch more of it now just for the simple fact that there isn't as many summer activities that we can go out and enjoy, you know, you can't go to the pool and a lot of beaches you can't go to can't travel really anywhere. So hundred um, less games too. So the stakes are yeah, much. And yeah, a team comes out cold. You they're screwed. You know, you gotta be on your game from the get go. Cause 60 games is not a, a whole lot in terms of baseball. And 40 of those games are against your division rivals. So yeah. Uh, you can't come out of a slump. Can't come out in a slump. I'm saying because uh, all it's going to take really this season is if a team goes on a 10 to 12 game losing streak, you, you're talking 20 percent of your season you just tanked away. So right. it, it should make for some fun, excite, almost playoff atmosphere baseball. Really, uh, so that'll be fun to watch. You know, let's see who can come out and and crank it to 11 right off the bat. Be interesting to see. So, um, do you have any more thoughts on current sports stuff? Nah, I think we're good. All right. Well, we're going to take a quick break. And uh, when we come back, we're going to probably scream and moan a little bit about the Madden NFL ratings. We'll be back right after this. All right, guys. Hey, thanks for listening to the show. Hey, don't forget to jump on over to Facebook to facebook.com slash Eldonzo and D's. 
where you can find the Aldonzo D show where Aldonzo and I talk uh, hot button issues, politics, all that good stuff, and get the back episodes of both the Aldonzo D show and hanging with D's facebook.com slash Aldonzo D's. Let's get back to the show. All right. And we're back with hanging with D's. I uh, got Dylan here still with me. And right now we're going to talk uh, some video game football. Um, I'm not nearly the fan of the Madden series as I once was. Um, Dylan here still plays it uh, quite frequently as we talked. Not uh, quite as much as I used to. Either, no, but I mean, you like I said, you more you, than you, which it, isn't saying much. Yeah, and you would go not just years into the future, but literal decades into the future. Um, anyway, the ratings have dropped for Madden 21, and much like it happens every year, they we feel that they've gotten some things uh, insanely wrong um, to start things off. And hopefully, as they do their roster updates to the year, they will correct some of these issues. Maybe some of these players will prove me wrong. Maybe they'll prove or us wrong, or maybe they'll prove us right. Um, we'll see, but... Uh, basically, honestly, I think Madden and EA Sports release these just to give people something to uh, pound their fist about. And this year, I think we have plenty. Uh, Dylan, you had a few things, uh, just some overall stuff that you were going to list off there. Give us some examples. Uh, yeah, just as sort of a brief overview as far as what the problem is. This is shared from NFL memes, just to kind of give you a brief idea. Um, according to Madden, the Eagles offense is as good as the Chiefs. That's utterly ridiculous. Yeah, and what fucking planet? I mean, Carson Wentz is great, and I'll get to him later, uh, him specifically, but his wide receivers were terrible. Um, I don't the, Who's their starting running back? I'm trying to think. Uh... Uh, the, the guy from Miami I know they had. Oh, um, yeah, he's decent. He's not bad. He's pretty good, I guess. But, yeah, no fucking way on p- planet Earth are they as good as the Chiefs. That's insane. Yeah, um, not, not happening. Uh, I'll save this one for you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next one. According to Madden, the Raiders' offense is as good as the Ravens. Yeah, I don't see how that's possible. Yeah, no. I mean, that's to me, that's not as bad as the first example I gave. Right. And as far as the Eagles and the Chiefs. Definitely not as bad but... as the, the other one that I'm going to talk about here in a second. Right. Um, according to Madden, the Niners have a better offense than defense. That one, to me, that one is every bit as bad as the, the one I'm going to talk about. Um, I mean, the Niners' defense carried them last year. Their offense, they had a great running game. But Garoppolo, I mean, look at the Super Bowl. They they threw the ball, what was it, 13 straight times or 13 out of 15 plays, something like that, and ha- they had the Chiefs on the rope because they ran the football down their throat and they played good defense. Then they they started throwing the ball, and lo and behold, here come the Chiefs roaring back and, and blew them out. You know, you, there's th- that Niner defense is what carried them to that Super Bowl. There's no way their offense is better than their defense, just not in this or any other world. Yeah, I mean, their running game is really, really good, and it probably will be forever just because Kyle Shanahan, that's his specialty. He's great at the offensive line scheme and the zone run blocking. Right, um, yeah, and like kind his, of the running back by committee deal, you know. Yeah, kind of like his dad did with Denver. Yeah. Um, you know, after Terrell Davis left, I think they had like four or five running backs in their, 
in a row that all rush for a thousand yards. And yeah, they no, leave. That, and that's then... one. The Shanahan, both the father and son, they they know how to put together a running game, um, even with talent that may not necessarily be you know world beaters, but they get the job done. You know his system works. Yeah, that's been proven. Absolutely. Um, I'll do this one last one because there's another one that again you're gonna want to touch on for sure. Um, so this one is, according to Madden, Trey White is 10 overall points worse than Stefan Gilmore. Yeah, I don't see that. No, I mean, Gilmore is definitely better. Yeah, I personally, I mean, Stefan Gilmore, without a doubt, is one of the best corners in the game today. I don't feel he's the best. I, I don't. I think he's a product of the system. Um, I personally would choose two corners if I wanted, you know, coverage ability and, and playmaking ability, and that's uh, Patrick Peterson and uh, Jalen Ramsey. As much as I hate Jalen Ramsey because he's a dick. Right. But you, you can't deny his ability. You know, so is that all you had? Yeah. And, and what was the, the one that you were trying to show me that I was going to talk about? You're going to want to no. touch on that later. Well, it was then there's two of them then, right? Yeah, that was the second one. The first one was, um, this is really fun to listen to on a podcast. One guy showing yeah. another guy a picture. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah. I was okay. Gonna throw All right, so, yeah. So here's where my rant is going to start. And, yes, this is going to be blatant homerism. And I was going to save this for the, you know, the Everything Steelers podcast, but we're talking Madden right now, so yes, I am a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. So is Dylan. So is Hunter. So is my entire family. And it happens quite often. The Steelers just got absolutely jobbed when it comes to Madden ratings. And if you're not familiar with the term "jobbed" in wrestling, it means that they just—they're a joke to the people that rate the players on Madden. The the offense of the Steelers has a higher overall rating than their defense. I don't see how that's possible if you watched any Steeler game last year. Yeah, I mean, granted, with Ben back, their offense is going to be a lot better. Um, a lot of people don't give them the credit that they deserve. Uh, Juju is a top-notch receiver, even though he didn't uh, put those numbers up last year. But Jesus Christ, he had a guy named Duck throwing him the ball and another guy that basically had cement around his shoes and Mason Rudolph. I see what you did there. And he didn't have, you know, Antonio Brown drawn double coverage on the other side. Is Juju Smith-Schuster a breakout number one wide receiver? I, honestly, I think he is. But I like any breakout wide receiver, they need another threat on the field. And I think Deontay Johnson is going to be that. We'll get into that later. But bottom line is, how in the hell is the Steelers' defense rated so low. They were number six overall last year. They led the league in takeaways last year, second in the league in interceptions last year, led the league in sacks last year. Why Why do they not get any love here? T.J. Watt is only an 86. He's like, what did I say, the 10th best outside linebacker? Bullshit. You cannot tell me that Kyle Van Noy and Zadarius Smith and Denard Davis are better than T.J. Watt. I will give you Khalil Mack. I Von Miller. I I think Von Miller. Von Miller is a 97 overall. That's on reputation. Yeah. Von Miller was not 
Von Miller last year. He he did not have a great season. Can he still make plays? Is he still a, a, a badass? Yes. But is he a 97? No. And TJ Watt is an 86. It, to me, is should be a goddamn crime. Yeah. Runner up to defensive player of the year. Yeah. And he had 14 and a half sacks. He had, I think, 10 forced fumbles. I mean, he's a, a highlight. And, and while, and Bud Dupree is only an 80 who had kind of a breakout year. Now, he, he's going to have to prove it this year in a contract year. But an 80 overall, I think, is kind of kind of weak. Being how, like I said, T.J. Watt was fifth in sacks. Guess who was number nine? Bud Dupree. And he's not even in the top 20 for outside linebackers. Um, and then the other one that really, really pisses me off is Minka Fitzpatrick. That's the worst one. He's rated an 87, I believe it is, as a safety. 87, yeah. And, and what is what is his listing? 10th? He's not in the top 10. Yeah. So this is a guy that they got last year in the trade. And literally from the first game that he started playing with them, he turned that defense around. Mika Fitzpatrick is basically the reason the Steelers finished so high. He was a turnover machine. I mean, once once he started playing ball with them, the whole, the whole thing changed. He had... Uh, Five interceptions, which the league leader had six. Um, he had several fumble recoveries. He had a 96-yard touchdown return, wasn't it, 96? Something like that, 96. Uh, against the Colts, which brings me to another thing. His speed is only listed as a 90, but yet he still outran the entire Colts offense from one end of the field to the other, 95, 96 yards in a dead sprint. You can't tell me that. He, his speed should only be a 90. Um, but, yeah, for him to be an 87 overall, I'm sorry. Uh, looking at this list, I see two names that I would be okay with being ranked higher than Minka Fitzpatrick right now, and that's Devin McCourty and Earl Thomas III, although Earl Thomas didn't have a great year last year, so some of that's kind of built on reputation. But I'm sorry, Micah Hyde, Eddie Jackson, Justin Simmons, Kevin Biard, those guys are not better safeties than, than Minka Fitzpatrick. And Minka's only coming into his third year. I just uh, I think that's utterly ridiculous. A um, couple other things that I noticed that really kind of stuck out to me, Gronk. Um, being, whoa, 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 I got to pause you for there for a second. Yeah. Um, Big Ben's an 80. One or 81? 81. Yeah. Yeah, and, and that's, to me, that's probably... Well, I, I was going to touch oh, on that okay. as well. Um, Gronk being a 95 and I'll, I'll, and Ben being an 81. Both of these men missed most... if Well, Gronk missed all of last year, and, and Ben missed most of last year. What, week three, I think he went out? Four, week something two. like that? Was it week two? Yeah, played okay. the first... The opener, we got smacked around by the Patriots... And That's got hurt right. In like then, the first quarter of the second game, yeah, something like that. Yeah. yeah, you're right. But anyway, Gronk misses a year and signs and comes back. We don't know what kind of shape he's in. We don't know how healthy he's going to be. But he's a 95, the third best tight end in the league. Now, granted, he might be, but let's see first before you just anoint him the third best tight end spot with a 95 overall. Meanwhile, Ben, who I looked this up, um, Last year's Madden was an 86, and coming into this year, he's an 81. 
Well, it, you can't say it was performance. I mean, you only have one game to look at, and it, it's now known that that elbow injury has actually been lingering for a couple of seasons. You just got it hit pretty hard in that New England game, and then it finally popped in the in that second game. I just don't see it as an 81. And I'm going to talk more about Ben when I cover the last thing I'm going to talk about, or, or the other thing I'm going to talk about with quarterbacks. Uh, but again, I just don't see Gronk being a 95. Um, and it just irritates me that they get these so blatantly wrong sometimes. Um, but the biggest one to me personally is Minka Fitzpatrick and, and TJ Watt being an 87 and an 86 respectively. So now uh, let's talk quarterbacks since they are the, you know, the, that's the reason or, or they are the, the engines that make the teams go. And we got a, several disparities when we're talking quarterbacks, including the good old cover athlete. But before I really get to him, um, what what do you see wrong with this list here? Just I'll, I'll run them through. Here are the like the top ten. We got Mahomes, uh, Wilson, Lamar Jackson, Drew Brees, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Matt Ryan, Deshaun Watson, Carson Wentz, Dak Prescott, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. I think that's ten. Um, Two big things that immediately jump out to me is that Dak Prescott and Carson Wentz are the same overall. Um, injury, the injury rating is a factor there, but I'm not a Cowboys hater. I'm really not. But Dak is not anywhere near the player that Carson Wentz is. I, I, mean, I would agree with that. Yeah, I mean, look at last year was the perfect example. Week Going into Week 17, they, they are playing each other. The team that wins goes to the playoffs. Dak has... Ezekiel Elliott, Amari Cooper, one of the best offensive lines in the league. He doesn't get it. He doesn't get the win. Carson Wentz, who has really no receiving core to speak of. I mean, he had no one to throw to. I, no, it was basically Zach Ertz. Yeah, that and, was and it. And the other tight end they had that, that had a pretty good year. But yeah, uh, Dallas Goddard. Yeah, yeah, but their yeah their receiving core was a joke. I mean, Nelson Aguiar couldn't catch a cold. Right, and the running game was decent if memory serves correctly, mm-hmm. but. Carson Wentz won because, in my opinion, he is light years ahead of Dak Prescott as far as, you know, comparing players. Um, That's a big one for me. Another one for me, too, that I just I can't believe. Deshaun Watson. I mean, I think he's I think he's one of with what I'm the rant I'm about to go on as well. Yeah, because I think he's one of the best young quarterbacks in the league. If you watched his game against Buffalo in the playoffs last year. I mean, that goes to show that was really his big coming out party. Deshaun Watson is a bad motherfucker. And um, can we just have a moment of silence for Deshaun Watson, though? He is stuck with an idiot coach yeah. who traded away one of, if not the best, probably top three at least receivers in the NFL and DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, basically gave him away for a bucket of warm piss. Yeah. Uh, sent him to uh, Arizona. And that was, you know, that, that was Deshaun's go-to guy. So who the hell do they have now? Deshaun Watson, I can only imagine what his rating is going to be after suffering through another season in Houston with no weapons to speak of and a dumbass coach. Yeah, and that dumbass coach is also their dumbass GM. Right, which, right. I mean, he, he, well, he I don't think he's as bad a coach as people make him out to be. He's a horrific GM, though. Yeah. I mean, what did they? What was the trade? It was DeAndre Hopkins and like a fourth round pick to the Cardinals for David Johnson, who I mean was great like four years ago, but 
hasn't hasn't shown that he was able to come back from that injury. Yeah, and I think a second round pick. Yeah, it, it was lopsided. Yeah. It was very lopsided. Um, another thing that I kind of have a problem with Cam Newton, a seventy eight. Well, wow, I didn't even see that. Yeah, yeah that's it, way too low. You know, I mean, he is a Patriot, so haha. But still, <laughs> the, the, a seventy. He's the same as Baker Mayfield. No. And only one point higher than Josh Allen, one point lower than Derek Carr. I'm sorry. No. I, I know Cam didn't have a great year last year. He was hurt a lot of it. But he should at least be in the mid-80 range. You know? Yeah, I would agree. Um, but here's my biggest problem. And it, it's, it goes with the cover boy, Lamar Jackson, a 94. Are you really EA? Listen. Are you really trying to tell me that Lamar Jackson is the number is the third best quarterback in the NFL? Quarterback, not athlete, quarterback, field general, man who's going to take you to the promised land. Third best? Are you fucking kidding me? No. I'm sorry. That that don't fly with me. You're telling me Lamar Jackson is a better quarterback than Drew Brees, Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers? Nah, I'm sorry. Get the fuck out of here. That's that's just not possible. And here's where, just looking over a few things, where I see the biggest problem at all of of all, the the aware or the yeah the awareness, the awareness rating. If you've got any experience with Madden at all, awareness is a huge huge chunk of the the algorithm that determines what an overall rating is on these games. And his awareness rating, which means how smart your yeah, football IQ basically is, football how I always IQ, your ability it. to read defenses, your ability to you know to to know the play, to know exactly where every single player is going to be at every second of of every down, and his awareness is a ninety five. That's 95. absolutely insane. Five, which is fourth best of all quarterbacks. Drew Brees is a 98, and rightfully so. I think he is, uh, now that Peyton Manning's gone, I think Drew Brees is probably the the smartest, heady quarterback in the league. Patrick Mahomes is a 97. Kind of hard to argue that, just with the no-look passes and everything. I mean, sure. look, Mahomes is the real deal. Russell Wilson, again, he's a 96. He's shown that he is extremely smart. But then you got Lamar Jackson at 95. No. Way too I, high. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers, if for comparison, is a 92. Tom Brady is a 91. Matt Ryan is a 91. So you're telling me that, that Matt Ryan Matt Ryan, and Tom Brady have the same football IQ? Apparently. Yeah. <laughs> um, Roethlisberger is a 90. Again, I think Roethlisberger's field awareness, as long as he's been in the league, 90 is very low. You just you in no world will you convince me that Lamar Jackson's rating is a 95. Now, if Lamar Jackson goes out this season and throws 45 touchdowns and four interceptions and 5,000 yards, and he shows that he can make the right read, fine, I, I will do that. But Lamar Jackson, and I've talked about this. Lamar Jackson drops back. He looks at one read. If that's not there, he looks for his dump off. If that's not there, he's gone. He's taken off running. He is not the kind of quarterback that is going to go back there 
read a defense and know exactly where the safeties are going, what kind of coverage the corners are playing, and be able to go through one, two, three, four progressions and then make a throw. It's, is that guy open? No. Dump off? No. I'm running. And, and that's his game. And that's all his game was in college. Same thing with Mike Vick. You know, Mike Vick was a stellar athlete when he came out. And, and I, I talked to Dylan about this earlier. When Madden 04, which was um, one of the last Madden games that I played hard, hard core. And when I say that, I was ranked at one time in the top 150 in the world playing Madden. And he can testify just like his brother. He was one of the ones that I used to just kick the ever-loving shit out of uh, on the daily. I, I was 11, by the way. I just want that stated <laughs> for the record. And no, I was irrelevant. 11 and Hunter was that's 8. That's irrelevant. No, that seems pretty relevant to me. You're a grown man beating the shit out of little kids and you're fucking bragging about it. Well, again, <clears throat> history will not uh, acknowledge that fact. <laughs> but, okay, but again, I was like I said, I was ranked very high. I was very good at the game. And that game, Madden 04, everybody except me for the most part and a few others that I played around. But for the most part, when you got online, chances are you were going to be playing against Mike Vick. And I loved it because I just destroyed him because people played exactly like Mike Vick. They would get the handoff and they'd run around until your defense got tired and throw you off. Well, I just bring a lot of corner blitzes and sack the shit out of him. Anyway, I digress. I, I see Lamar Jackson as the same style of quarterback. I don't see him as a 95 awareness guy. It's just not to me humanly possible. He's not that smart to be rated higher than a lot of these quarterbacks. Um, his rating, throwing deep balls, and um, I think he's got a better short short accuracy, better deep accuracy than Roethlisberger. Roethlisberger's got a better mid-range accuracy. Yeah. Um, he's got a better play action. I mean, Ben has been known uh, as one of the best play action quarterbacks short of Peyton Manning, who was probably the best of all time when it came to that. Um, but yeah, I just, I, I don't see it at all. Um, Part of me thinks that the reason they had to bump up the awareness that high is because he, he, he is the cover, he's athlete. The cover athlete. Yeah. I think he, it's a fluff. You know, he, that, he did win MVP last year, whatever your opinion is on him. He did win MVP. So his overall rating does have to be pretty high. I mean, I don't think he's a 94. I mean, I'd put him I put. I don't like think he should have won MVP. I think Patrick Mahomes should have, but that's neither here nor there. Yeah, Mahomes missed a couple games, though, so I didn't kind of make that argument. But, I mean, we'll see how great he is next year because I think that's with – you give all these brilliant defensive coordinators an entire offseason exactly. to, to study to, you. To, how many times have Kaepernick, we seen it? RG3. Yes. Yeah. And not even just quarterbacks, but running backs, receivers – you know, you see these guys come out of nowhere and they set the world on fire. And then within a couple of seasons, where are they? It's well, teams figured out how they play, their run style, what they like, what they don't like. Uh, I'll give you another example. Victor Cruz. Yeah. He came out, set the world on fire. But then he, I mean, granted, he did get hurt. But even before he got hurt, he fell off uh, quite dramatically. We've seen running backs come out, blow it up one year and then not do it. But more so than any of that is definitely the quarterback position. You know, you gave some great examples with RG3. Although, in fairness, RG3 did get his knee kind of blown up. Yeah. But, again, 
same situation with Lamar Jackson. You take away his strength, can he be a a quarterback, a field general, a guy that can sit in the pocket and pick you apart? And I don't see it. I just don't. You know, Mahomes has shown that he can do that. He's got the athletic ability also, but he has shown that he can read a defense and he can pick you apart and he can throw no-look passes, you know, opposite field as he's running away from it. I don't see that a Lamar Jackson. I yeah, just I mean, don't. Pa- Patrick Mahomes is a quarterback that can run, and Lamar Jackson is a running quarterback. Uh, agree. That's the way I would agree distinguish one, the two. 100% on that. Because, I mean, if, let's say the scenario happens, Steelers are playing the Chiefs in the playoffs, and Mahomes gets hurt early and sprains his ankle or something like that. He can play, but he's not running out of the pocket. I'm still fucking terrified because he's got that can of an, an cannon of an arm, and he's super accurate, and he could still tear up a defense yeah where lamar jackson that happens to him book your tickets to the next playoff game because they're fucked yeah no i agree and then okay so moving on to running back christian mccaffrey's a 99 i don't i have no argument with that i think christian mccaffrey is the best running back in the league christian mccaffrey carried me to my r i should say fantasy football championship he's my keeper player love much love christian appreciate you um, but after that, then we we start getting into a couple questionable things. Derrick Henry is number two, six points lower at a 93. I, I don't see it. Um, a 93, I'll agree with. But Derrick, how many times does Derrick Henry catch passes out of the backfield or run? He doesn't run exactly. He's a, he is man. If I need two yards, I'm giving the ball oh, to Derrick Henry. He is a horse. I just a 93 might be a little on the high side or or maybe it's a little on the low side and these other guys are are I agree with that. Way lower. I think the other guys are way too low. Yeah. Um but again for a just running the ball and and you got Christian McCaffrey at a 99, Derrick Henry at a 93, but here's where the problems start to come in. Ezekiel Elliott he catches some passes, not nearly as much as a couple of these other guys that I'm going to mention. But he is more of a dual threat than Derrick Henry is, mm-hmm. and he's a, a point lower at ninety-two. Nick Chubb, eh, he's more of a runner, but he he can catch the ball. He's also a ninety-two. Dalvin Cook, who to me is a stud. He's a yeah, you know, dual threat for sure. He's just he's got to prove he can stay healthy. But here is my biggest problem with the running backs list: Saquon Barkley is only a ninety-one. Yeah, that's very low. Super low. He to me, he's he should be not a ninety nine, but he was the Giants' offense last year. You know they they had nothing. You know Daniel whatever the hell his name was, the kid from Duke. Daniel Jones. Yeah, their their number one overall pick, which wow. Yeah, uh, yeah, he was. Eh. But Saquon Barkley is what made that offense go when it did go. And you can't, I just don't buy that Dalvin Cook, Nick Chubb, Ezekiel Elliott, and Derrick Henry are all better overall running backs than Saquon Barkley. I mean, Saquon Barkley can literally do everything. Le'Veon Bell, who had a obviously off season last year with the Jets, I think he learned that that Steeler offensive line and quarterback that he had was a little better than he thought. But he's all the way down to an 87. You know, yeah, that's that's he didn't low. lose his ability. Le'Veon Bell is still probably a top three running back in the league because he can do it all. I mean, it, it, 
put an 80s number on Le'Veon Bell, and he could be one of the top wide receivers in the league. That's how good his route running is. Kareem Hunt, I think, is high at an 87. Now, and I only say that because we didn't really see a lot last year. He showed that he had the ability when he was with the Chiefs. But again, having not seen him last year, do is he one of those fly-by-night guys that we talked about? Yeah. Come out of nowhere well and, and light the world on fire? I mean, can he do it consistently? So I, I think 87 out of the gate is a little on the, the high side for him. I think the biggest problem I have with just looking at this list now is, is Christian McCaffrey six overall points better than every other running back in the league? Because I don't think so. No. He's not that much better than Ezekiel Elliott or Derrick Henry. or Dalvin Cook at a 91, I think, is – Barkley as well. I think that's crazy. Yeah. Um, like I think of it like this, you know – Fourth and goal on the one-yard line. Who am I giving the ball to? Christian McCaffrey or Ezekiel Elliott or Derrick Henry? Yeah. You know, in a situation like that, Christian McCaffrey is a lot lower on the list. Yeah. If you know you got to run the ball and you got one yard and it's against goal line defense, I'm not going with Christian McCaffrey. I'm sorry. But if you get the ball at your own 20 and you have two minutes left and you're down four, which then, I want, ba- then I want Christian McCaffrey yeah. or Saquon Barkley. I want a guy that is a dual threat that is he going to run it or is he going to go on an 80 yard fly route? Right. You know, or Christian McCaffrey brings that to the table or another guy that I, at least I'm here. You mentioned Alvin Kamara and 88. Yeah, that's low for me. I mean, yeah, he kind of splits time. And especially now that they got that kind of gadget guy. Um, uh, Taysom Hill. Tay- yeah, yeah, Taysom Hill that that can do a little bit of everything. He's um, not 11 overall points worse yeah. than Christian McCaffrey. No, I agree. No, I yeah. think Alvin Kamara should should at least be low to mid-90s. Yeah. Um, his speed is only an 89. Oh, wow. I didn't even see yeah. that. Really? That is insane. Yeah. Derrick Henry is not faster than Alvin Kamara, EA. It, it's just not. How Le'Veon's in the hell can you say that? Speed? Yeah. Le'Veon's an 87 speed. And that's, yeah, that's ridiculous too. Le'Veon Bell, well, Le'Veon, he's not a world burner, but he's not one point higher, or no, I guess two points lower than than Kamara. Bell's speed should at least be a 90. Kamara's speed should be mid-90s. You know, I think Kamara is one of the faster backs in the league. Even Joe Mixon, he's quick at a 91. I mean, they just, I, I don't know how they come up with these things it's like they don't look around the league and see the ratings like uh going to wide receivers juju smith schuster's speed's only a 91 he's had two 95 yard touchdowns in the last couple of years maybe three it might be three i think he had two in one year and he had one last year you don't get that if you're an average speed guy you get that because you're a burner you know tyreek hill um let, let me just go over to receivers I think Tyreek Hill is overrated on here. His speed and athleticism, yeah, off the charts. Right. But is he a 96 overall wide receiver? No, I I don't see Tyreek Hill as that 10 to 15 catch guy like you have with Michael Thomas, DeAndre Hopkins, and Julio Jones. Tyreek Hill is fourth in in wide receivers. Yeah, Hill kind of seems like he might be Mike Wallace 2.0. Where? Yeah, I think he's a little better than Mike right. Wallace. But again, when Tyreek Hill starts going over the middle, catching passes and, and getting lit up and still having the ball and has those 10, 12, 13 catch games, 
then I see that. But right now, I don't see him as a 96. He's a big, big play threat. No question. Big return guy. No question. But I don't see him as the fourth best wide receiver. Um, Amari Cooper at a is a 93. He's the sixth best wideout. Uh, Stefan Diggs is the eighth best wideout. Mm, I mean, he's got some bad dudes in front of him, though. That's the only thing is. And, and, yeah, well, and Odell Beckham at 10th. I mean, I, I just, I, I'm, I don't agree with it. Odell Beckham's catch rating is an 87. That's a joke. If That's insane. If there's a receiver out there that should have a 99 catch rating, it's it's Odell Beckham. The man has, has pulled off some of the most spectacular catches like routinely since he came into the league. You you can't tell me that his hands He was on the cover of the game four years ago making an incredible making catch. Making one of those catches, yeah. Yeah. I, Cooper Cup's catch rating is a ninety five, but Odell Beckham Jr. is an eighty seven. Tyreek Hills is a 92. I mean, okay, if you Odell has kind of fallen off a little bit with the Browns, but uh, 91 overall I think is a little on the low side, but his catch rating at an 87 is an absolute joke to me. Just It just is. I think the biggest problem with the ratings with Madden now, and I noticed it, I don't know how many years ago, is – they're trying to widen the gap between the elite players and the, you know, middle average players. But I think in doing that, you're you're making like a, like a Matthew Stafford, who's like an 83 overall quarterback. I'm like, that's slightly above average. That's like a, a barely starting quarterback. You know what I mean? And he's he's a lot better than that. Yeah, no, yeah. I agree. And then uh, one last position that I wanted to look at was uh Defensive tackle, I believe. I got to get rid of the other thing on the filter here, and then we're going to wrap it up. We're uh, already running a little bit long, but so defensive tackles, or maybe it was ends. Yeah, it was ends. I was looking at anyway. The only point I was going to make was Aaron Donald being a ninety-nine. Rightfully so. He's he's a monster, but I don't think he's nine points better than than Cameron Hayward from the Steelers, for example. Yeah, no. You know, Cameron Hayward is a stalwart, and if you put him in a different s- scheme to where he was rushing the passer, I think you'd see things a lot better. So, uh, anyway, I'm sure there's, going through these ratings, a lot more stuff that we could sit here and nitpick, but those are just the ones that bother us the most. Um, if you have any thoughts on this by all means share them with us on the facebook page uh at facebook.com slash eldonzo d's uh let me know what you think of these madden ratings and and who we missed who should be higher who should be lower and that's gonna wrap it up and um we are probably gonna go ahead and come back with another episode that i'll drop in a day or two but that's gonna wrap it up for today uh thanks for listening hope you enjoyed and hope to hear from you guys soon uh, this has been Hanging with D's. We are out of here. Dylan. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs>